and welcome to episode 227 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. So we wanted to have a chat this week. Our main topic is going to follow on from last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, it might be worth going back and having a listen. The last episode was One Woman Show with Christine Coulson. And Alice interviewed Christine, who's a writer, novelist and really interesting woman, and I so I heard that podcast as a listener and got some some good ideas from it and it sparked some inspiration for me. So we thought we'd have a chat about that. But before we get onto that topic, what was your week like, Alice? I had a really nice week. I had a week where it felt like things. And when I say things, I mean ideas and feelings about future direction started to fall into place like little ping 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 bubbles oh good very very nice feeling and very welcome yeah (laughs) yeah triggered by perhaps all sorts of different things which I won't touch on right now but yeah very welcome and um it's interesting because I think it comes at a stage where you know I see a lot of people feeling frustrated with themselves when they're stuck in that doldrumy stage and I do think it it comes to all of us at different patterns perhaps and it it is a very frustrating feeling and I was also investigating Substack and I thought that I haven't written it yet it's all in the ideas (laughs) I haven't written what I haven't written it but I thought my first thing on Substacks, I'll just tell you guys instead, and then I won't have to bother with I <laughs> <laughs> was going to be a piece of writing called What Are You Waiting For? And you might expect from me that to be What Are You Waiting For? Come on, dive in, get on with it. And actually, it's the opposite, is that the waiting sometimes is a really important part of the process. And um, yeah. Yeah, because when we're in that, we feel... I know you were feeling a little bit like, what's wrong with me? Maybe maybe I'm doing something different now. Maybe we're trying to push for the answer often. I know I do this. Well, come on, what's the answer? What's the answer? And the answer exists once we stop pushing, which you've done. You've yeah. taken time off and stopped pushing. And so it makes sense that it would be clicking into place now. And it is interesting because that is supposed to be the way I operate, wait to respond to things, but it, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to do that. So I, it just felt kind of reassuring, like, yeah, very different. So, yeah, no, I've had a nice week. Um, I've been um, kind of getting some, finishing off some smaller paintings ready to take up to Manchester Art Fair, um, which is... November the should know I think the 17th um so yeah just getting that kind of thing ready and it's it yeah feels good good exciting news for next year but I'll save that for another week too oh now we're all intrigued you can't do that that's just too too cool and um, well I've had quite an exciting week but in a different way in that um I have made a big leap and booked myself a trip away Mm. to go home 
in a way to New York mm. where I haven't been since for 11 years since we left and um, I haven't wanted to go for a long long time I haven't wanted to go anywhere and then just in recent weeks I've I've been like oh I wish I wish I could go walk in Central Park I wish I could go to MoMA I wish I could go to the Met I wish I could do all these things and then I I thought well I could hang on a second I could and um initially it was going to be a trip on my own my plan was to go solo and um just do all museum things and in the end I've invited my best friend and he's coming and we're going right after Christmas so we're going when all the Christmas lights are still up and we're going for New Year's and we're staying in a lovely hotel and we're doing like full in-style holiday which I am both excited about and terrified about because I don't like flying because I don't like traveling because all these things but do you know when you just know you have to do something and mm-hmm. you don't know why, but like, mm-hmm. I know I have to go and I have to go soon. So that's what I'm doing. So, but here's the thing. So when you're young, it seems like you make those decisions and then you just do them. But somehow life, it just gets more complicated it's year after so year. so much more complicated. So, it's so much more complicated. And you used not- to just go to a travel agent and they'd hand you a pack of tickets and then you'd turn up at the airport. Yeah. So here's the complication for me that I discovered. Oh, um, if you have a U.S. passport, which I have, you have to travel on your U.S. passport if you're going into the United States. And I've fallen afoul of that once and ended up stuck in a hotel room in London for two days before I could get home again. So I don't want to fall foul of that. So need to get my U.S. passport, dig it out. It's expired. Okay, I'll apply for a new one. Oh, you can't do that because it expired more than five years ago. You now have to go to the U.S. embassy to get your new passport. So now I'm booking a trip to come down to London to go to the U.S. embassy to get my passport because it's only in London that you can do it. And I thought, this is why I don't do these things. This is why this is why it's easier just to stay put. But I'm doing it because yeah. I need to do it. And apparently it is quite simple once you get there. I've got an appointment. You go. Apparently it's quite quick. And within a few days, I'll have my new US passport. And then I can do my trip. But it was I was thinking when all that was happening that this is I'm also in the process of helping my brother move house and helping my mum with her doctor's appointments and this is the stuff that at the moment I'm not even in a lull. I'm just in a frantic mm-hmm. running around, mm-hmm. but there's no time for actual work. And mm-hmm. in between that, I'm teaching my course, which of course takes time and energy and focus. So there's no time for painting. And when am I going to make time for that? And I thought, well, going to New York isn't helping with that because I'm not going to make time for it while I'm there. But isn't it just just adjusting for different priorities that happen in life? It's like, I think there is a time where sometimes we need to make art a priority, you know, maybe when we're new to it and we need to make that commitment something a bit solid for ourselves. Otherwise, it very easily does drift. And then there's other times where other things just are a priority. And sometimes that's family or sometimes it's health or, I don't know, the bathroom pipes leak or that stuff needs attention too like we can't I I don't know whether this comes along with this sort of 
fantasy la la like when you say to people oh I'm a you know I'm an artist so I paint they go oh that's nice you know it comes along with this sort of fantasy idea of okay well that means that we just drift around in a painter's smock painting every day but I mean if we were let's just challenge that slightly because if we were accountants we would yeah. go to the office every day, nine to five and work yes. and manage the bathroom pipes and the holiday and the passports and the. Yeah, but would you but... be happy? No, I was miserable. <laughs> I used to do that. And you used to do that. And I was miserable because too much to fit in. And the, and also I was younger then and there wasn't as many complications and things to fit in because there weren't ill parents. And, you know, that stuff happens as you get older, not not so much when you're younger. So maybe that's part of it. But I think you're right, though. It is a point of saying, because I tell other people this and then I don't do it. But if you've said, I'm choosing mm-hmm. to help my mom, my mom doesn't, she hasn't asked me for a lot of the help that I'm giving her. I'm choosing to help because I want to. She wouldn't ask. She's quite independent. But I'm choosing to go with her to her appointments and drive them places when it's not comfortable for them. Yeah. So that's a choice I've made. So I can't also hang on to, and I want this as well. Right. I've made this choice. It's time to just accept the choice for a while. Yeah. And, and then... isn't isn't that flexibility one of the advantages that of we not should be having grateful a for if we have it, of not having a nine to five job? Yes. And this like, is and that's the answer to your question. If you had a if you had have a job when you've got commitments to other people. You you can't you don't have the choice to do those. Yes, things. exactly. You're right. I couldn't say I'm going to New York for this amount of time on these dates just because I feel like it. So then that problem would be gone. I wouldn't have to come to London for the passport. I won't. So yes, it's all dependent on the freedom you have, and you have to remember that it's a privilege to have these problems. I do think you have a point, though, in the sense that often the commitments we make to ourselves are sometimes the um, squidgier ones. Mm. and you know along with flexibility comes the possibility of not honoring them it's much easier to make up excuses for yourself like what's the answer to that I don't know it's just the stuff we learn how to manage and some of some of that for me is just when I get so annoyed with myself for letting things drift that then it finally happens I saw an ADHD thing yesterday that just said, you know, the only way to do it is to give yourself a really hard deadline and it's always tomorrow. Even then I would leave it probably till the morning. Yeah, you would. (laughs) I I really would. Really, really would. As soon as I I had the deadline, I do it months before, but I do need the deadline, the thing in the distance, but then I would do it. You get on with things to get get them done. Out of the way. But if there's no deadline, I don't have to get like then I don't have to. It's when there's so it still motivates. I'm bad. I do drift around in fairyland half. But that brings us to to. want to or want to have to or want to have to or want to. That's the things for me. Hmm. Like so if there is a real deadline and it has to happen, then I'll do it probably quite happily. Or. I have to wait for that want to feeling and then I'll do it quite happily. And sometimes I play those off against each other. Right. That's my trick. I can get this surge of creative, whatever 
sometimes and that's the manifesto thing in human design but when that's not there that can be like walk wading through treacle and you're supposed to leave it then if it's not there but then I feel like you're just wasting time you're just treading water you're just what listening to the birds and but it it only things get very easy when I get that push of creative energy like this like this trip that is so clear in my mind that I have to do that that I'll do whatever it takes to get that to happen and that can be the same with a creative idea but it has to come and until it comes I can be a bit stuck I think it's just recognizing and really enjoying the moments where it all feels like it does just slot into place Mm. and knowing that I don't know maybe maybe is this the ideal to be able to live your whole life like that or is that is that possible or is that fantasy but I think along certainly along the way to seeing if that is possible you just have to acknowledge that there are going definitely going to be times that it doesn't feel like that Mm. it doesn't feel like that and it is just putting in the just keep going, basically, isn't it? Because again, it always comes back to me. Keep go- keep going, or what's the alternative? What's the alternative? And if there is one, and if there is an alternative that's more attractive, great, go do that. Go do that instead. Yeah, go do that instead. Cool. But the alternative for me, you know, was when I was doing this and thinking, oh my god, like re- like really doing things at the beginning. Go and get a job. Oh no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not doing that right so I will be working here at a deadline till 11 p.m to get this done because this is what I've chosen yeah it's just you know it's not it's not always easy is it now that brings us to your conversation it brings us to one aspect of your conversation with Christine last week that I found yeah. I found three things really inspiring or interesting or intriguing or made me question myself yeah the first was that thing of she goes to work yeah she organizes her day so she does admin life admin in the morning first thing then five hours of writing without eating just Mm -hmm. going to the loo five hours solid and she said that could be just sitting there thinking but it's five hours of work and then she stops And then she has the rest of her life. And I think you're you're better at this than me in the sense that you'll have times where you go to the studio and you'll have a day when you're working on admin and a day that's a studio day. I always seem to have them all muddled together. I never seem to manage everything organized in that way. But neither of us does the right where we are working nine till 10 10 till 2 whatever on our paintings and I did it did would you like to would you like to it made me well I certainly love to have here I go I'd love to have the freedom and time to choose that that does not seem like an option for me in the coming months I can't see a day where that even feels like an option let alone all day every day all the time but clearly it's an option that's a limiting belief and it made me think how much further is she along in her art and her creativity than me because she's doing that that's what it made me think that's Mm -hmm. the discipline of turning up and doing the thing 
like we've done with this podcast, the discipline of turning up time after time after time and doing the thing even when you don't feel like it. We don't we do that. We use each other our... for that though. We use each yeah. other for this. Yeah. And that I think that's the di- that's the difference between this and something like something in something creative when you're doing it on your own. Now, it's interesting because if she's got a pre-existing contract agreement advance on a book with a I don't which I don't know because we didn't talk about that but that's often the way you know she's got an agent they've got the book you've got that commitment you've got the deadline built in you know you're going to have to deliver yes because my friend John who's been on the podcast who's he's on a three book deal and it's one every year at the same time of year and he has to produce that so as soon as one went to the publisher he was off on the third one and they wanted a fourth and I think he might do something different, but that is the treadmill that you're on then. And so in a way, yes, he has to be very disciplined about writing time. But it is that sense of, I suppose what I thought was just, what would happen if I, early next year when I'm not running any courses or anything, if I said, right, that is my routine, I will start at 10 and I will finish at two, or whatever it is, or 10 till one, and I will go in there and that will be painting time and I won't be able to be interrupted and everyone will know that that's my time. Mm -hmm. And I won't set any meetings at that time and everything else will have to work around that. Would Mm -hmm. I, would I progress further? And I'd like to try that, I think. I'll tell you what it does for me when I do that, because the time that I use that is for example over the last couple of weeks where I've had a break and I need something definitive to get me back in and I pre-identify in my week when my studio working time is going to be and that then is non-negotiable with me if I've written my little blocks down Tuesday 10 till 1 Wednesday 4 till 6 whatever it is around other commitments that's the thing that I've got at the moment it's around other things so it's not a systematic everyday 10 till one and what that does is like the commitment then is the showing up it's nothing to do with what you do in that time mm. it's just the showing up and that makes it easier but I think it would progress but yeah, I think you 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 would have to accept that you're still gonna have like those days where it really feels good and it feels like it's all humming and buzzing and days where you go backwards and nothing works and mm. it, it it can't not help no it can't not help can it? Can it? that's what I thought when I heard it and I thought there are things I will say like a friend said to me uh, what are you doing today and I said well I've got the podcast at this time I have to go into Skipton to drop off some paperwork at the solicitors at this time and I have to do a Q&A at six o'clock yeah. And I didn't say, and I have to paint from two till four. Oh, interesting. I didn't say that. And that is the difference. So I always make a pride. I have to take my mom to the hospital tomorrow at this time. I have to, I know I have to show up for the course on Wednesday mornings and Thursday evenings. I know all these things are commitments I've made. We have a team meeting on the last Friday of every you know, uh, every month and that's at 2 p.m. And I know I have to be at that. But I do not put that in my creativity. I slot it in between. Oh, there's two hours here. I'll go paint. 
and that isn't that isn't right so two things one there is this that's this kind of cult of busyness and that distinction isn't there between what is fixed and somehow your creativity works around it do you write it in your diary no you don't write it in your calendar digital calendar no when I plan out my week oh I haven't got my book here but it will say all the appointments obligations things for other people and then in between that unlike you I won't then sit and go right that could be painting time Mm -hmm. and then this is for anybody who experiences this because I bet there's lots of you listening going oh yeah that's me then when your spouse or children or parents or whoever interrupt mm-hmm. you when you do get some creative time it's not their fault because mm-hmm. you didn't say to them between two and four o'clock don't bother me because that's yeah. my time I used to have a sign when I had worked here I used to have a little sign that I put on the outside of the door studio time do not disturb yeah and um, my friend bought me um plastic men at work sign to put outside my studio like oh that's good but trouble is it's very windy a lot here and it just kept blowing over so I need a heavier one but yes something that says like go away like a recording studio has the light on when when you don't go in but the the digital so I mean I do have a written planner but I do all my appointments and everything in iCal it's the same whether you use Google Calendar or anything like that so I've got color coding for the kids I've got um like blue is family stuff so we have a shared family calendar and then I have one that's like my things that I need to know about that everyone else in the family doesn't need to know about um like haircuts dog walk with a friend that kind of stuff just to remind me what I've agreed um and and yellow is studio time nothing else is yellow orange is artwork so like if I've got to write down doing things on my website or something like that, I'd put a little orange block in for that. Appointments is red. And my brain is like now just in little explosions of like, oh, this sounds very complicated. It's Although not though. It's I, not. And it, I know, it's... but it won't. I can't do that. But I, it sounds fantastic. But I know I can't stick to that. And you know why it works for me? Because I can see things visually. Yeah, like, oh, I totally can, I can get it. Yeah. Those, whereas yeah. if I have, say, I have something written down and I can't see the whole week, and there's something in my diary and it's like 10 a.m. this, 4 p.m. this, the whole day, that's the whole day in my head. That's the whole day because there's this thing in the morning and a thing in the afternoon. So that's the whole day. Whereas when I see it on those hourly blocks and I can see, oh, okay, look, there's a three hour chunk in the middle of that. I can yeah. use that for something. What am I going to use it for? And and sometimes what am I going to use it for is walking to the shops and buying a birthday card. Great, lovely. Yeah. That needs to be done. No, I totally see why it's it works. And I've tried to start that kind of thing in the past. Do you know those things that just don't fit you, even though you wish they did? I yeah. wish it did. I wish I could do that. But I can do a version of it. It's not an excuse to say that I can't still map out that time in my little book. I still can do that. And people do respect when you say, I mean, anyone worth being around respects when you say, don't don't interrupt me at this time unless it's 
emergency. You know, my teenage neighbor, he's a bit lost at the moment. And so he'll show up when I'm painting and he'll say, are you busy? And I'll say no, because I feel like, well, I don't want to say no to him when I know he's a bit lost and he wants someone to talk to. But I would say, yes, I'm busy if we were doing this. So I wouldn't leave you now and go down and talk to him if he showed up. So again, it's what priority am I putting on that time? If I said to him, don't come on these times or don't come when that sign's on the door, he wouldn't. He'd leave, he would just go away. Well, how about if you said to him, I'm just finishing off here. Can I do another hour? Because I've just got stuck into something and I'll come and find you and we'll have a chat then. Yes, it's that, isn't it? It's not dropping everything for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad you had that chat with her because it put it front of mind for me again. And it's also drifted that way more recently, I think. And you know what? We've had this, we've had these conversations, you and I a bit sometimes off air. And um it is it is hard. And also this thing about waiting, you're you're talking this into existence. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the first part of making this happen yeah. is acknowledging it's a problem, acknowledging that you're interested in it, saying out loud, this is something I want, wondering about how it's going to happen. Doesn't mean to say that it's all going to happen, ding, 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 next week, does it? But yeah. the more you talk about this, the more it's going to come up in, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> in decisions that you make about what you want your time to look like next year, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the bit you've got to trust. Do you know what the other thing I've realized is before we move on from this, because this might help other people too. And I don't know how to work around this because my energy is quite limited manifester life. I tend to think when I look at my week, if somebody, uh, let's say I'm arranging an interview for Art Tribe and a podcast with you and something yeah. else. And I think, oh, I don't want to do those all on one day because I'll mm. wear down. Yeah. So I want to spread them out. And then when I look at my calendar, there's something interrupting every day. But yeah. again, if I was to say, but that's all right, because I can block out this time interview here and this time for, for art, it still can work. I just... I have to be aware that I I am not someone who can cram everything like that into one day because I yeah, just I wind down and then I've, I can't do them well. But yeah, it's not how you give your best, is it? That's the thing. No, you can, no. And you have to know that. I agree. I'm the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was one key thing. So I loved that. The, the next thing that I was really interested in and it, it's something that I always do and I think you do but I was interested in the way she spoke about it was about limitations yeah and she set the limitation on that book for anyone who hasn't heard that episode um Christine wrote a, a novel in the form of museum descriptions uh, you know the cards you see on museum walls describing the piece of art or the artifact and she has written a novel in that format and I haven't read it although I would like to now but her previous novel, she wrote um, one chapter from the perspective of a different character in a setting. And so in both cases, she set parameters and limitations around the way she could tell the story. There was a structure, wasn't there? An yeah. An interesting structure. And so, yeah. 
And I love limitations for all sorts of reasons. I often set them myself because I think you can be more creative when you limit yourself. But the thing she said that really got me thinking was she, she kept saying, because it's pushing, you limit yourself so you push the form. So in the case of a novel, you're really forced to be creative because you can't do it the way other people write novels. You have to do it a different way because you've set yourself these limits. And I thought, I've set limits on myself in paintings like maybe limited colors or one subject for a bunch of paintings or whatever. Size. Size isn't common. Size. Yeah. But have I... Have I set limitations that force me to push something somewhere I don't know I thought that was a really interesting idea how do you do you think you've done that um I think I've definitely done it with size as I say I think that's the easiest one and I think we naturally fall into doing it with subject matter or what inspires us not at the beginning at the beginning often you explore lots of things but if I'm thinking of you know artists whose work that I know and their kind of journey that's a limit that evolves I'm not sure how much that is necessarily set in advance Mm. it's something that they evolve into working within those limits um Colour is the one where I would like to work within more limitations Mm. in order to push how it works. And I'm not quite doing it yet in the way I feel I want to. Yeah. What what do you, when you say that, that you don't feel like you've done it? I was thinking about, for example... And maybe my ambitions exceed my abilities. I'm sure that's true. But I was that's thinking about someone like Mark Bradford, right, who who, instead of painting, he started, I think it was because his mum worked in a hairdresser's salon and the little papers they use in hair, he didn't have any materials and they didn't have any money. So he made art out of the little papers that his mum had. And that became this whole thing of collage and mosaics made out of paper. And his artwork, he makes paintings out of paper and he's pushed the form of art on on a board or a canvas, I think, to amazing levels by what was initially a limitation of, an extreme limitation of money. Now, I think now, and I'm not uh, incredibly informed about him, I think now he uses paint as well. I know he uses a lot of power tools and destroys the surface. So he layers up collage papers and then he destroys it and then he makes something out of what comes out of that. So he kind of follows intuition and then... But that kind of thing, I thought, what other, you know, which artists have really pushed, like David Hockney with his photographic collages in the, was it the 80s? I think it was in the 80s when yeah took all those photographs of like, say, the Grand Canyon and then put them all together to give you a different experience of the Grand Canyon than you would get from painting. Um, that was a, that's the limitation of only taking photographs and then putting them all together into something new 
And I, I feel like... I don't think you can engineer this, you know? No. I I, I think... Didn't she, though, didn't she engineer it by setting herself something so ridiculous that it can't work? But she didn't, did she? It, it was something that she was naturally working in. Yeah. And she yeah. said she just suddenly got the idea and then she yeah. followed it. And like as you're talking about like taking things to extreme, I'm thinking about um, I was just looking for what his name is, Ben Wilson, who makes minute art. He paints on the chewing gum that has been trodden into the tread <laughs> of the Millennium Bridge. <laughs> and he's made 600 miniature artworks on the bridge. And now they're going to do an industrial deep clean of the bridge oh, and, no. right so I, I thought that there was they had recently said so the beginning of this month there was a big like oh, this can't happen I thought I'd heard that they'd agreed that they were going to protect them and save them um so I, th I think they have been saved but just looking that's an example of something that is if you just if you just google chewing gum bridge <laughs> You'll, you'll find ben him. Wilson chewing gum. Hang on. Yeah. Oh my God. They're teeny tiny. They're teeny tiny. So he's on his hands and knees outside and they're just, they're, they're all sorts of different things. So if you walk across the bridge, you can crouch down to see them. But like, that's an example of taking something that is a crazy extreme limitation and yeah, you know, it's become a passion for him, but he's not going to sit down and go, oh, what are all these things that I could do? Oh, shall I paint art on an acorn? Mm, no. Shall I paint on the back of a penny? Mm, no. Yeah. What exactly. I don't know, because I haven't spent the time looking into him, is like what came before that moment? Like what came before this idea struck him? And yeah, he, he followed it. There's two things, you. aren't there? There's the, there's the idea striking you, and then there's the follow through. Like, if he'd just done it with one or two pieces, nah, not so much. The fact that there's 600 of them that he has committed to on a regular basis turns it into something really different. Isn't this typical of artists? I'm on his website and it says Ben's story. So you go, brilliant, this is his story. And it's a timeline of exhibitions. It's like, that is not what I want to story. know. <laughs> That's not Ben's story at all. Ben hasn't written his story yet. But, but Ben's too busy painting to miniature chewing gums exactly. to be writing his website <laughs> <Exactly>. story. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so that's perfect. Yes, so it is about hers evolved naturally because also the first book was the limitation. She was telling the story of the place where she works or making yeah. up characters, but it was in the place that she works. So yeah. then she had 16, I think she said, different people, and they each had a chapter. Um, So the limitation arose naturally again. And so it's not something you can force. So it's to do with just following what we talk about all the time. It's to do with just following your individual unique weirdness Mm -hmm. we we did an episode once about fly your freak flag like yeah. do the weirdest thing that's only you because yeah, you, you would can't think, you can't create it can you no. you can't go like oh here's me I'm in a fancy I'm weird wacky. Like, to be... <laughs> so it's about allowing yourself to follow the things that to you might feel like somebody else would say 
why do you even care about that? Yes. That, that's not, that's daft. Painting chewing gum on a bridge, making art out of hair papers, that's stupid. The thing that I'm interested in is, so it's about like having the courage of your convictions, isn't it, to really, to follow that. I just wonder how many ideas we have that we let fall through our fingers because we don't have that courage until we get to the one that we do. And if the ones that fall through our fingers are also necessary to not have done so that finally when the thing lands, it is. Because as you said, with your new New York trip, and we've all felt it, like when you've had an idea for something and it just kind of works it feels easy but I don't think you can I think you can how to say this I think you can be careful to mold the right environment for it and pay attention to yourself and the decisions you're making you can't manufacture the idea it's about your environment and how you're operating within that yeah and it's and pay, paying attention and allowing accepting yeah not pushing it away although the theory would be that if you let the idea drop through someone else picks it up and it's meant for them mm-hmm. so you you were not meant to do it but yeah it's that thing of I see it all the time with beginner artists when when I'm teaching where they'll say oh well I really like such a thing and that's not the right thing to do so I'm doing this no 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 go back and do that thing you really like to do even if it seems there was one woman and I always remember it was a few years ago and she said but I like glitter and that kind of thing and this art club I'm in they said that's not real art and I shouldn't use glitter and I showed her and I can't remember the name of the artist but there's an artist who had a massive installation in either London or New York where everything was made out of glitter like everything, a great big giant glitter ball, just all sorts of stuff. Why say to you, but you say to yourself, well, glitter's not proper art and people have laughed at me for using glitter, so I won't do it. Whereas the people who just follow their weirdness, there's that Sarah Lucas exhibition on in London that I'm hoping to see. Talk about following your own weirdness and it pays off. it's paid off for her year after year after year but that is not my weirdness and I can't force that. If I was to say, well, I'm going to make sculptures of fried eggs for breasts and whatever, that wouldn't... Out of paper clips. Yeah, it's not me, so it wouldn't work. Yeah. And we can, and I think if we get in that space, because then you think, well, what is me? What is me that's weird? And like you say, you can't do that because it won't come from there. No. You have to keep following what you really love to do. I mean, at the moment, I'm working on a series of paintings of myself. And that is very, there's a lot of voices in my head about this is self-indulgent. What's the point? No one's going to want these. Who's going to want to hang a picture of me on their wall? So they're not going to sell. And I don't want pictures of me on my wall, so they're not going to go in my house. So what is the point? And isn't it very self-centered when the world's crumbling and uh, there's wars going on and I'm here painting my own face and then wiping it out and painting it again and wiping it out. But I I am pursuing it 
because I think I have to, because that is what I'm interested in. And if it goes nowhere and it's a dead end, it might be leading to the thing that isn't a dead end. So yeah. suppose in a way I am doing that, what I'm not doing, because that is a severe limitation. Yeah, I, I think I have to pursue that to wherever it goes. And maybe I have to push it further. Maybe I have to be braver with it rather than letting that voice come in, which says, why are you doing this? Like, there's a voice that says, you can't keep sharing these on Instagram forever. Everyone's going to get really sick of it. Or That's interesting. You can't, you can't keep telling people about yourself. Like, who you, wants here's to the thing. You, you have got to care about it. You have got to care about it so much that you don't care what other people think and you know yes. this because this is what you teach people exactly and <laughs> when I say I hear these voices I don't listen to them yeah but I think we and, all still hear them and I think that that like expecting to get to a place where you don't hear those voices is a bit unrealistic because yeah. just how our brains operate yes you know but and it is about overruling them and saying, mm -hmm. okay, so what if no one else cares? And that is why I'm still doing them because I really genuinely don't expect anyone else to want to buy these. I don't expect to exhibit them anywhere. I don't know why I'm making them. But just like the trip to New York, there must be a reason. There must be something. And I have to do them to see what it is. Yeah. Okay, so on limitations, there are some mm. things that we can put in consciously that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Materials, idea, topic, approach, scale, size, all of those kind of things. And yes, it's a lovely thing to have, but you can't fabricate a fake set of criteria to work within unless it really grabs you. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, because I think you, you lose interest, don't you? Yeah. Like a lot of times beginner artists or early stage artists will want to be, they'll be in a rush to be at the point where they've got their own voice and their own thing. And so they'll try and force a, a choice. I'm going to do portraits, say. And then and then they they will ask, and you've had this question, I know over and over again, why can I not focus? I keep wanting to try different things. Well, it's because you've not, got to the point where you're ready to focus yet you're mm. still at the point where you should be exploring I think and so just what you said you can't force any of those things you have to let them be something interesting but is there a point where let's say you've been doing this 10 years yeah and you're still doing all sorts of things and you've not focused is there a point where you should give this a go at least and say I'm going to set myself some parameters and see what happens I think you could learn from doing it if you're interested. Yeah. And I think if you're asking the question, it probably is something that you're interested in. And it comes back to having the courage of your convictions to commit to something, to try it and see without knowing what the outcome is going to be, which is what making art is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a hiding behind, oh, I'm just doing different things because then I don't have to commit to anything. That happens. Mm. Yeah. But no one else can make that decision for you. So I think 
I think we've done enough on this topic, haven't we? I think we've covered... You said there were three things. Do you remember what the third well, one was? It was, sorry, the three things were limitations and pushing the form, but I ended okay. up combining them into two. Sorry, everyone. Okay, so... I've got something then that I really took from it, which okay. will be a little short one perhaps to round up with. I absolutely loved, and that's why that's what I posted on Instagram, and I asked her because she talked about writing each part as a as a a page that didn't just live on her computer she printed it out and pinned it up on the wall and I said can you send me a photo please of what that looked like that lit something in me the fact of of she could have just been doing the editing on the screen but it was that the recognition that each page was a step towards creating a book and there was a comes back to being visual for me. There was a visual and a physical sense of how the book was growing. Mm. And I think that's sometimes what gets lost when we work in sketchbooks, because everything is inside a cover and we fold the cover and we put it away. Mm. Um, I don't know quite yet where that's leading for me, if that does come back to book things or whether it just comes back to making sure that when you are creating something you give yourself something that is a visible tangible way of reacting with it and seeing how that project is growing so there's something that I do or used to do I haven't I don't do it so much recently in my studio notebooks which is if I'm working on a series of paintings I will just draw square outlines and I will just I won't draw the painting but I will color in if I'm working on 10 right this one feels like it's 50 percent done this one has just started again for me that's a visual sense without getting distracted by the painting itself how do I feel like I'm moving with this body of work? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I took from her printing those pages out, sticking them up on a wall, taping them all up, too big for a pin board. The satisfaction we get from knowing that we are birthing something physical. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, think I really I enjoyed think, that. Um, another uh, guest of the podcast in the past, Sally Ann Ashley who you can Mm. find on Instagram. She has some lovely Instagram posts where you can see she has a a practice that involves a lot of that, where her whole studio wall will be pieces of paper, taped up, fabric. And it's not just a mood board. It's exercises that she's working on or things. She seems to work a lot on loose paper. And I always find that the same thing. It's like it sparks something in me to see all that because I do tend to stick to sketchbooks mostly. But I agree with you, that idea of it be If I'd done that when I made my Ted Hughes book, it would have been nice to have seen the bits coming together, whereas it's all on a computer I couldn't see and the paintings were half done. And, um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. One thing I used to do and I haven't done recently is make a sketchbook, like a, a midpoint of a body of work, when I feel like everything's not happening, make a sketchbook, take, I used to take photos of them, stick them down in, in the book and write about what I like and what I don't, and maybe go look at some outside influences and write about what's inspiring about them. And that somehow kickstarts. Now I've said that, I think that's what I want to do with these self portraits. I want to take a pause and do a, 
a sketchbook about what where I've been and where I'm going and what inspiration because that's another way of doing that just to see what's emerging yeah and also on a bigger timeline scale as well not just within a body of work I think we often just move on very quickly from what we've done like I spent time yesterday was just thinking about this year and like like as I say how it sort of felt quite sludgy in many ways and just going back through my notebook and my diary and my camera roll and seeing everything change the way I have been thinking about this year and how I feel about it and the same with artwork we tend to worry about the future a little bit get caught up and we forget sometimes how much we've done and where we've come from and I think that it can be very helpful to go back and look at some of your previous work print that out and stick that on your studio wall Mm. because that is inspiration that's come from your work and your process and you you know and particularly if we've got paintings you know they're wrapped up they're in stiffy bags they're stored for something else get them out and actually look at them you know and if you can't have them out because you don't have enough space, at least get a really good photo and stick it on the wall, you know, once you've done that engaging with the painting, because that that always shakes things up for me. Always, always. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that real making things physical, I think, was very helpful. All right. Is that all we've got? I think that's all we've got on that that's topic. Got. I do have that's a we've got. inspired. You do? I do. Go on then. So I've been watching the, and for once I'm watching something worthwhile on TV instead of sharing my mum, your dad, reality TV or something. I'm watching Picasso, the three-part documentary on the BBC iPlayer. Have you seen that? Have you no. seen that? It's very good, but I would say it's a, a very, it's very entertaining and the way it's put together is gripping and everything, but it's very focused on, um, are a bit too focused on his personal life for me versus his art. Right. Um, but I am finding it, I don't know if it's inspiring. I'm finding it interesting how single-mindedly selfish he was. Um, We've spoken about this. Yeah, but seeing it again, I didn't know some of the details of his relationships and exactly how awful he was to to different women you know the fact that he'd be married to one and then just move a new mistress into one of his houses and then just carry on without actually speaking to the wife about you know we have a problem or something he just um and I'm by no means suggesting we all get that single-mindedly selfish but it did make (laughs) me think going back to this thing of blocking out time and Picasso is not someone who would have worried about blocking out time for his artwork and everyone else's needs that would not have happened and everything what I did find super inspiring though was everything in his life went into his art in a way I hadn't even realized so his paintings would document his relationships just one after another after another and that's the other thing so the wife would know oh there's a new series of paintings all with the same face in it and it's not mine so who's this but that idea of there didn't seem to be any barriers with him between his life and his art and I think that is why where his creative genius was that 
he didn't have those filters that we have or those questions or that self-doubt or anything. I mean, also, they showed his paintings from when he was 14 and he is a bona fide genius because some of his fo- paintings at 14 looked like Rembrandt's. I mean, they were amazing. And I just thought, okay, there's there's a, there's a standard here which is he has a, a weird natural talent. But apart from the weird natural talent, he did also have this single-minded selfishness, which I see in a lot of really successful artists. Yeah. And I don't want to be that single-mindedly selfish, but I would like to have less of the filters and less of the consideration of other people and other things, just as what we've been talking about, I suppose. I didn't realize it linked up, but actually it does. It's a really good series if you're in the UK and you can watch it. I don't know if it's on in any other countries, but it's called Picasso, The Beauty and the Beast. Um, And I'm, I've just almost finished the last episode, but I really recommend it. It's very good. It's just softening the barriers, isn't it? And I think that's the work we're trying to do. And, like, you know, maybe he achieved it more single-mindedly or earlier or more just by being a dogmatic, selfish. Being a dick. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Okay, I mean, so, so frankly, we, get, it we get to choose the level of it, but yeah, again, the awareness of, okay, I want a bit more of that. It's always a good signpost, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Love it. Well, I'm not going to share the Beckham documentary after that, so let's finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I watched a little bit of that. No, I think there was value in that. Yeah, it was quite good. I mean, there was quite a, a tongue-in-cheek. This is, slightly... for everybody who doesn't know David Beckham, this is about a British football player, David Beckham. Yeah scathing review it's on netflix four parts um it, it yeah i mean you know it's not groundbreaking but it's a good watch in terms of as often some of these life stories are you, you know you really see what people have overcome and actually what they've put in behind the scenes to really make things different and um and the the part I the part I saw that I thought was really inspiring or interesting was where he was bullied and picked on and attacked for he did something stupid in a World Cup final really stupid but that was it he did something stupid and he was so pilloried and attacked and that thing of being in the public eye and what that brings at any level the 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 way other people feel they can judge you if you're in any way put your head above the parapet um in any walk of life i thought that was interesting and the strength of character that it took for him to get through that i mean that's not what he said but that's what i took from it as i was watching it yeah so there we go that's mine all right lovely take care everybody have a good week bye Bye. Do you remember the young ones when you say, we're wacky, we stay up all night and eat biscuits until 1am? <laughs> You're trying to be funny? Um, uh... Because if you are, I think it's in pretty poor taste, that's all. <laughs>
attention focus louise focus so right i'll edit that bit out <laughs>